Welcome back to the Uniquely Better Life podcast hosted by the Willow Center in Brownsburg, Indiana. I am your host, Chase Cotton, the community director here at the Willow Center. And I'm excited to have my friend Shannon here to share about today's topic, parenting in recovery. Uh, As you know, throughout this season, we've been covering different topics that just don't get the attention they deserve within the mental health and recovery community. Um, Since episode one, we've done what even is recovery. We talked about old friends and new friends. We talked about dating and romance and recovery. And last month, we talked about self-care and mindfulness. So this month's topic is parenting and recovery, which I think is such an important one because We are all people in the recovery mental health community. We have kids, we have jobs, we have things happening outside of just being in recovery. So this needs to get talked about. So without further ado, I'm going to play the intro music and then we'll get started with our friend Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much for being here. We're really, really pleased to have you here to share a bit of your story. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, my name's Shannon. Um, I am in long-term recovery. Awesome. Cool. How many uh, How many months sober do you have at this point? I have 19 months sober. That's incredible, Shannon. Congratulations. Thank you. That's hard work. Well, let's go ahead and dive in then. So yeah. you are a parent. Tell us a little bit about your kiddos. Yes, um, I have a 13-year-old boy and a 5-year-old girl. 13-year-old boy, 5-year-old yes. girl. Do they get along yes. with each other? No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's um, a wrestling match in our house daily. Oh, my goodness, yes. a wrestling match. Yes. Well, hopefully they can grow into some form of sibling love in the future. I hope so. I definitely hope so. But I think my 5-year-old loves to aggravate her big brother. So mm. Now, so normally it's the little brother aggravating an older sister. Sort of, it's a role reversal, it sounds like. She is um, the baby. Okay. She has three older brothers. Okay. And her dad. So she's Queen Bee. She's the Queen Bee. Yeah, she does no <laughs> wrongs. And she knows that. So. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. I love it. So the first question I have for you, Shannon, is... As a person in long-term recovery, what does your recovery mean to your kids? Like, what do they think about you being in recovery? Um, I don't know that Charlie really understands much. She's my five-year-old. She knows that mom, mommy has to go to recovery management, mm-hmm. and she knows things like that. Sure. Um, I'm not sure she understands, but my 13-year-old, well, soon to be 13-year-old, um, he gets it. Like, he, um, he knows that if mom's not okay if with her recovery if she's not sober then nothing's okay Mm. um so he is completely so supportive of like the recovery management meetings and he'll even ask me mom did you go this week oh so he kind of holds you accountable oh absolutely that's my guy like he is um yeah definitely that's incredible main one to make sure that things are going smooth for me yeah and to follow up on that how does being in recovery now like just change your mindset about being a parent to these little ones it hasn't been easy yeah it's not easy I found myself like parenting out of guilt with them for a while because I wasn't present you know Sure. so now I'm like I have to make I have to like um recheck make sure I'm doing things right Right. like I'm always like Cole are we and he's like mom you're the parent (laughs) but (laughs) yeah yeah 
being in recovery is way different parenting versus before. Right. Yeah. Without, you know, without necessarily trying to re-traumatize you or anyone else who's gone through this recovery process, can you illustrate for the listener who might not know just a little bit about how drugs or alcohol use affects one's ability to parent and to be a good parent? You always think you're the perfect parent regardless. Even when I was in active addiction, I still thought, even though I'm using, I'm being a mom, but I wasn't being a mom because I was dropping them off, you know, right. with people, um, dragging them in and out of hotels. It's sad, but like my son even knew, like, to bring me my purse to start my day. Hmm. Like, um, my kids knew things like that. Yeah. And that's not being a parent. Like, even though we think we're doing, you know, even if you're there physically, I wasn't there mentally. Mm, that's an interesting point. So, so to put this out a different way, physical presence is not the same thing as presence. Right. Hmm. Right. And that's what, um, my, my son, he'll say that to me sometimes like, mom, you would just be there laying on the couch. I knew I could wake you up for something, right? but you wouldn't know what was going on when I did wake you up. You would always have a different mindset. Right. So it's definitely, it's difficult. Yeah. It's probably the hardest part has been not the hardest, but one of the hardest parts, um, has basically, I feel like I've had to learn how to be a mom again. Sure. And I mean, I still to this day struggle with that. Right. Because I'm, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? When before I thought I was the perfect mom, but I guess mm-hmm. there's no real perfect mom. Yeah. There's so. no such thing as a perfect parent. <laughs> no. If I can provide you any comfort, <laughs> Shannon, it is that all parents, I think, share some of that insecurity, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> am I really doing this right? Like what, what am I passing on to my kids that I don't want to pass them on to, you know? I'll tell you this. This is how my son is very, when I say this, he is so aware mm. of, um, my, my addiction, yeah. my problem. Um, he had surgery. Okay. He had his tonsils taken out. This Mm -hmm. is the first one. And um, I couldn't, for some reason, I was still in active addiction, but I couldn't get him to take his medicine. Hmm. So um, I thought I was being a good mom and taking care of him, but also didn't realize he wasn't drinking Hmm. things. So um, he ended up, there's something on your, he ended up back in the hospital. Yeah. When they asked him why he wasn't taking his medicine. He responded with, he didn't want to get an addiction like his mom. Oh, Broke hard. my heart because I'm yeah. like, my baby's laying here in pain, but didn't want to take his medicine. Right. Because he didn't want. He had that direct association. Yeah. Someone he'd observed. Yeah. That's tough, Shannon. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's really hard. So that story kind of connects to that phrase you used earlier, parenting out of guilt. Yes. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by that? And, and what shift did you have to go through to get out of that? that process um I work really hard on that yeah um he just things that um letting them get away with things that you know you shouldn't or Mm. um buying them things like I'm like I realized for the longest time like when I first started getting sober that um this kid could talk me into anything um like let me and I thought okay well I haven't been there so this is the way I'm going to yes, get his love back. Right. That's yeah. the only way that I'm going to get him to understand that I'm trying is if I just give him what I, what he wants, buy him what he wants. Mm. Basically 
no consequences. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah. But then I realized with lots of hard work that I can't do that. Sure. Just because I was on drugs and I wasn't there, I can't let that affect the way that I parent him. Like right. I can't feel guilty for doing all that because I'm doing the work to be sober today. Yeah. To be his mom. That's so important. Their mom. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really important change of mind. Uh, when that mindset started taking place, especially like early on in your sobriety, how, well, I guess maybe a better way to word the question is, is what steps would you recommend someone else taking to try and rebuild that trust or to try and rebuild that connection with your kiddos early on in sobriety? That's a hard one. Yeah. You just got to do the work Mm -hmm. like, and make sure that I didn't realize that, like I said, my five-year-old doesn't, she gets it, but she don't get it. That Cole was paying that much attention to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So he was hearing what I said, but he was paying more attention to what I did. Ooh, that's interesting. If that makes sense. It does. I think we have a hard time. Uh, we as an adults have a hard time noticing like just how observant kids are. Yeah. And I just wanted to keep telling him I'm sober. I'm sober. I'm right. sober. This is what, but, um, he had heard all that before. Right. Like I just one rehab I'd been to rehab 21 times and he's always been my backbone my I knew if anybody was on my team Cole was on my team right but he so he had heard all my bullshit so many times right like I thought that I had to keep reminding him this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing I'm trying to get home but he didn't care about all that like I mean of course he wanted me home he just wanted to see me do it right like at one point whenever I was getting ready to get out of work release and go home on home detention. And like he said to me, um, mom, do you think this is a good idea? And I said, what? He said, um, you coming home. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. And he said, but you're doing so good where you're at. Mm. Broke my heart. Cause I was like, he doesn't want me home. But then he was scared for me to come home. Right. Cause he was scared. I'd fall back into old patterns. I mean, in reality, he wanted he wanted you to be healthy. Yes, yes. That little kid brain works. It's just like, well, she's healthy right now. Right, and it. He's asking me, Mom, do you think that's a good idea? Right. Like hell yeah, I'm coming home. Right. I but I get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I think I knew, like I had put in a lot of work and realized, like, but I didn't. I was away, so he didn't get. He's seen it, sure. but he didn't. So I knew when I got home, I had to put in even more work. Right. To show, show him, him. Show yeah. him the recovery as yes. opposed to talking about it. Yeah. What, is that, what does that work mean? What is that showing piece? What does that look like for you as a parent, showing your kids recovery? Um, I mean, staying sober. It, yeah. My sober network now is way different. He Like, showing them basically is me going to meetings, me coming to recovery management, holding down a job, just being present for him. He can call me now. Yeah. And I'm not making up 5,000 excuses on why I can't get there. Right. Or falling asleep trying to get him what mm-hmm. he needed at school. Sure. He knows now that he can call and I actually answer. That reliability. Yes. Factor. Yeah. And he can trust my word. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do that for a long time. Right. I would say things with all intentions of doing them, I just got sidetracked or distracted right. with the street life. Right. 
Yeah. That's powerful. I mean, what I hear you saying is that what shows your kids recovery is you taking care of yourself yes. first and foremost. And I think that's really important to realize. It's 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 not like what you said. It's not just saying I'm sober. It's not just reminding your kids things are different now. It's like, no, they can they can see me making a priority out of going to meetings, making a priority out of like having this new structure in my life, whether that's work or school or whatever it might be. Like those things are just as observable as the act of addiction was observable for them. And they see that and they respect it and they start to trust you again. Definitely. He, um, sometimes I feel like that I have to remind him, mm-hmm. but he showed me the other day that I don't, um, I turned, when I turned 18 months sober, yeah. um, someone from the Willow Center actually had given him, um, two 18 month coins. Oh, wow. I didn't think that he, I didn't even remember. Yeah. But um, it was a few days later. I was kind of going through a tough time with the passing of a family member. I'm sorry. And he comes out of the bedroom and he said, hey, mom. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, hold your hand out. And he slapped that coin in my hand. Oh, wow. And it broke my heart. Not in a bad way, but because I looked at him and I was like, buddy. And he's like, I got you, mom. (laughs) That's really special. Yeah. But just things like that with him mean the most to me. Absolutely. And I know I, I feel like sometimes I talk so much about him and minus Charlie, but I don't love the. You don't love him differently. But no. He's also a little more mature than Charlie. Yes. He's still very little. And he's been through so much. Yeah. So I don't know. Just proving to him is my main goal. Yeah. That's awesome. Proving to him by proving to yourself. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Perfect saying. I love saying. that. So tell me about, you know, a little bit more about like what interacting with Charlie is like now in recovery. How has that been different? Because little kids are, are even more different and even more active than our tweens, you know? She's so busy. Yeah? So busy. Like I have the most hyper five-year-old. Like she's on top of your head. She wants to play Barbie. She wants to bake a cake. She wants to make cotton candy. And for a while I found myself like, overwhelmed like I can't keep up <laughs> that's and I I said that I, I don't know if I can do this like yeah. she is so busy mm-hmm. but then I wouldn't have it any other way right because she keeps me on my toes her busyness reminds me of why she that I have to take care of myself right because she she just wants her mom mm-hmm. like she wants to play Barbies she wants to put my hair in crazy ponytails <laughs> <laughs> put blue eyeshadow on me right she wants to go to the park she wants and she wants me to be a part of that how incredible is that feeling to be wanted amazing yeah the most like i don't leave them much besides work and here um but i don't know i I love that feeling that feeling is because before i feel like um i like she really wouldn't have cared i like I was dropping her off to my mom and she could play with my niece. Sure. But now she sees, I get to see it all now. Yeah. Like I'm alert to what's going on. Your presence. Yeah. There we go. Present. I couldn't find the word, Jace. Love it. Man. I love that so much. Yeah. That's such a beautiful feeling. I mean, as a fellow parent, like that's, that's like the, the feeling I long for most during the day when I'm away at work. Yes. It's like, I just love that feeling of being wanted. Yeah. And being, you know. Now, an hour after you get home, you may feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> what I, the hell? Like I'm going to need some coffee <laughs> to keep this going. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
But, yes. uh, you know, I think that's really uh, poignant that, you know, the, the fact that you are in a healthier place now means you also have more energy to be and match that, that time with her, you know? I'm not sure there's enough energy in this world to match <laughs> okay, my five-year-olds. Yes. But no, yes, I assume, I, I agree. She, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. The energy, I, sometimes I wish I just had a little bit of her in her energy, but mm-hmm. we're good. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Uh, so this is a question I, I didn't prepare you for, but I think it would be an interesting one to get your response on. What role did your family members, um, whether that's your parents or whether that's your siblings or whomever, what role did they play in helping you rebuild that trust with your kids? My kids had a have had a lot of support. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of support. Each and every one of them, their dad, all of them played a huge role yeah. in – um, your mom's getting better. That was their thing. But they, I mean, they also filled in for me right. while I was gone. Sure. That was the biggest thing is they filled in for me. But they would always, always remind my kids, you know, your mom loves you, mm-hmm. you know. And that just, I guess, reminded my kids that I was getting better and that I loved them was the biggest role they could have played for me and just being there for them when I couldn't be. Right. That's so huge. I mean, there's a lot of folks in recovery who don't have that sort of familial support. You know, a lot of folks who have sometimes understandably so burned bridges, but it sounds like like those bridges weren't burned from their end, which is really remarkable. Oh, Chase, I burnt those bridges. Sure. I burnt every bridge. I let let it on fire about seven times. Yeah. But they still... When it came to my kids. Took care of them. Yes. Yeah, there wasn't a bridge I didn't burn. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, even with my kids. I mean, sometimes I think, did I even deserve a second chance to be able to show them? Because I let them down so much. But if it wasn't for their dad, my family, I don't know where we'd be. Yeah. Well, blessings on those family members. I think yes. That's, that's really remarkable and special that. They were willing to, willing to help you rebuild those bridges too. Definitely. And isn't that like a, a great metaphor just for recovery in general? Is you know, there's there's no bridge that's too far burnt. You know, like right. I guess you're right. Building and, and, um, <laughs> Burn it down, build it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's special. So let's let's talk about um, from a different perspective, parenting of kids who might want to experiment or kids who might be dealing with their own forms of stress as a lot of kids do, especially in the age of the pandemic in the wake of that. Um, if your kids started experimenting with drugs or alcohol, what would you do to help them, especially having experienced it yourself? This is my fear. Sure. <laughs> like it is one of my biggest fears. I talk to my son a lot. Um, and I also have a nephew about mm-hmm. the same age. Um, I'm very open yeah. about my experiences, probably sometimes too open. Sure. Um, I guess I'm like that with them because I want them to know that I've been there. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, they can come to me yeah. and we'll figure it out together. I feel like nowadays it's more common for kids to experiment with things than yeah, it's not more available for sure. Yes, definitely. But making, making my son aware of what can go wrong or what mm-hmm. will go wrong right. when you do things like that. Removing yourself from the situation. Yeah. Call me. 
I'm always there. I'll always, I'll come running and mm-hmm. we'll pretend like you didn't call me. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'll get you out of that situation. That safety and con- or yeah. safety and connection without the fear of consequence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's just having somebody to talk to and letting him know that I'm available is my biggest thing with him. Yeah. Like you don't have to be scared to talk to me about anything. Right. We'll fix it. Even if your friends need me to help fix it, mm-hmm. we'll, f- we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll always find a way. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really important. So to spin it even a little bit more, what, what advice would you give to a fellow parent whose kid is currently like on the path to active addiction? Like what would, what should that parent do or what should that parent not do? Um, there's no, I don't feel like there's really an easy way to tell another parent how to parent. Sure. So I, um, I don't think they should allow it. I mean, a lot of parents these days allow that. Mm. Allow uh, the experimentation. And yes. Yeah. Yes. There's always, like I've said over and over, there's somewhere, somehow, someone for that kid to talk to with the parent. Yeah. Um, rem- again, remove them from the situation. Let them know it's not okay. Be there for them. Mm-hmm. There, there's always a way out. Right. We just, as a parent, got to figure out that way at that time. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's that's humbling for me too, because like I, I think to one of the earliest points you shared in our conversation, many of us think we're the world's best parents. Yes, yes. <laughs> in conjunction with you know those internal insecurities that we all carry around, like am I doing this right? But then we then take that, um, you know, that sort of external confidence and use it to judge other parents, which isn't fair either. You know? No, no, there's no perfect. No, you can't judge any parent. I mean, everybody parents different. Right. I mean, some of us have been, have struggled. Some right. haven't. Right. But that doesn't make them any better of a parent. Yeah. It's a level playing field. Yes. I appreciate that. So to end on a high note, what, what do you feel like is your absolute most favorite thing about being in recovery as a parent now, like in, in relation to, you know, your relationship with your kiddos. My favorite thing is probably having that relationship now. Mm-hmm. The, and I've said it over and over the just the trust. Um, even though sometimes I feel like he still, you know, second guesses some things, Sure, but that's okay. Cause I've put him through a lot, but just caution. Yeah. Yes. Just, I don't know, having that relationship and that trust, rebuilding that, working on that is probably my most favorite thing. Letting him know that he can count on me is my most, most favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to play that role for him. Yes. I love that. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. Thank you, Chase. Yeah. It's an (laughs) honor to hear more about you. um, I'm so thankful. Just, I'm, I'm thankful for your recovery and I'm thankful, you know, that your kiddos have a great mom. And I hope you can carry that with you as a piece of encouragement. Thank you. So that's been episode five of the Uniquely Better Life podcast. Thank you all for joining in. I hope you all found some encouragement. Um, Next month, in the month of July, episode six, we're going to talk about budgeting and finances in recovery. Really, that's one of those topics that nobody really likes talking about. Recovery or, or, uh, or not recovery, finances is a difficult, touchy topic. But I'm excited to dive into this one with you, our listeners And uh, we look forward to to you tuning in then. Also, I wanted to go ahead and take this opportunity to remind our listeners about the upcoming second annual Hendricks County Recovery Awareness Music and Arts Festival, which we are so excited to host on Saturday, September 10th. 
Tickets are now available on the Willow Center's website, which is just thewillowcenter.com. They're just 10 bucks. Kids 12 years and younger get in free. Uh, we're really excited about our headlining band, Fox Royale, which is a super cool indie rock band from the Midwest. And our middle set is local Americana and folk favorites, Annalise and Allie. And opening the evening will be a group of high school students uh, playing some rock and roll from Launchpad Indie over in Plainfield. We will also have uh, multiple local artists and handmade goods vendors selling their pieces for you. And we'll have uh, over a dozen community partners um, sharing about their resources and with some free giveaways. We'll have raffles, kids' activities, multiple food trucks uh, with delicious food. Uh, it's going to be a great night, and we, we would love to invite you and see you and your friends and family there. So again, tickets are 10 bucks Saturday, September 10th, and those tickets are now available on the Willow Center's website. All right, thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next month.